Okay, everybody, we're broadcasting live an ACB Radio Live event, and I'd like to turn it over to the Audio Description Project. Thank you, Rick. Um, we appreciate your services as our moderator this evening. This is Kim Charlson, and I am the co-chair of the American Council of the Blind Audio Description Project, and I'm pleased to serve um, my fellow co-chair is Carl Richardson from Massachusetts, as well as myself. Hi, Carl. Good evening, Kim. Thank you for being here this evening. Also um, helping out this evening on our call is the director of our um, audio description project, Joel Snyder, and he's from Tacoma Park, Maryland. Hi, Joel. Hi, Kim. <laughs> and then um, last but absolutely not least is our very skilled webmaster of the Audio Description Project website, which you'll be hearing um, quite a bit more about throughout this evening, is Fred Brack from North Carolina. Welcome, Fred. Hello, everyone. So let me just um, briefly kind of outline what we plan to do this evening. Um, we wanted to start... Um, are, we're hoping to make this a kind of a regular, hopefully monthly um, activity. There is so much going on in the world of audio description that um, we won't even scratch the surface barely this evening. So what we're hoping to do tonight is just give you a real quick overview. We're going to be as brief as we can, and then we want to spend the rest of the time answering your questions about audio description. So we anticipate that your questions may cover the gambit. So we're going to talk a little bit about um, audio description and how it is for um, television. Um, Joel will be addressing some of those issues. Um, and then we're going to talk about our website because that's a tremendous resource. And Fred will be filling you in on um, how the, web, the website is laid out a bit and just give you the basics so that you can go explore it a little bit on your own. And then Carl will wrap up by starting to talk to us a little bit about a, a topic that I think a lot of people are really interested in but don't exactly know how to get started with it, and that's how to understand all the different streaming services that are out there with audio description and what's on which ones and what direction to go and how to do it. So. There is truly a lot going on, and we hope to cover all those things this evening for you. So without further ado, I'll be quiet until some of the Q&A when we get to that part, and I'm going to turn the microphone over first to Joel to talk about audio description for television. So thanks, Joel. Thanks, Kim. Thanks, everybody, for joining in on this call. This is great. Um, well, you know, the first thing I want to mention, and I'll mention it again, is the website address. Uh, several of us will be mentioning it several times, I think. If you've never visit, visited the Audio Description Project website, uh, you're missing out on a lot of information regarding description in many venues. Specifically with respect to television, we have several pages that focus on that area. The website address is simply ACB dot org forward slash a d p audio description project and specifically with respect to television 
you simply add on to that another forward slash tv.html, if you wish. And uh, you'll be able to find a great deal of information there. Um, audio description on television has really exploded over the last eight to ten years, in large part uh, due to the passage of the 21st Century Communications and Video Accessibility Act, which went into effect in 2012. Uh, this was a real landmark. And part of that act mandated, for the first time by law mandated, that audio description should accompany certain television programs, not naming particular programs, but a certain number of hours. Now, in 2017, just two years ago, uh, two and a half years ago, uh, there were updated rules, and those rules increased the amount of described programming that's required to be carried by the covered broadcast stations and the MVPDs. I'll define that in a moment. But the increase went to about 87 and a half hours per quarter, roughly seven hours a week at the top network stations, which is, of course, NBC, ABC, CBS, and Fox, and then the top five MVPDs, or multi-channel video program distributors. And uh, it may be easier to think of them as the cable networks. And the top five, this year it changes each year, but this year the top five are USA, HGTV, TBS, Discovery, and History. So um, it's required for those nine commercial broadcast networks and MVPDs to provide at least 87.5 hours per quarter uh, in the top 60 television markets. So there's another uh, limitation there, basically. Those markets, they're, they're referred to as DMAs or designated market areas. There are 210 of them in the United States. And uh, the top 60 go from New York all the way to uh, Wilkes Bar, Pennsylvania. Um, and those, a listing of those uh, is easily found on the web. You could simply Google designated market areas or DMAs. Um, the, um, the, the breakout of the 87.5 hours comes to about 50 hours per calendar quarter of video described prime time or children's programming. And then it provides for an additional 37 and a half hours of uh, described programming per calendar quarter at any time between 6 a.m. and midnight. Um, the MVPD systems uh, that I mentioned, uh, they're there because they uh, serve 50,000 or more subscribers. So beyond that, uh, the rules also impose a pass-through obligation on all network-affiliated broadcast stations, regardless of the market, and on all MVPDs, regardless of the number of subscribers. And what that means simply is that any programming that is aired with video description, uh, we like to call it audio description, and actually the FCC is, is now adopting, uh, at the ACB's suggestion, uh, they're, they're starting to refer to it as audio description, but it must be uh, provided when programs are re-aired uh, on that same station or an MVPD channel. Uh, description is provided on a secondary audio stream, and typically a consumer can access that through an on-screen menu 
provided by the, the home television receiver or the set-top box. Now, um, the, the website, our website goes into great detail on how to receive audio description on television. So again, acb.org slash ADP slash TV. Um, the, the secondary program, SAP oftentimes referred to as the second audio program, um, is actually uh, really an analog television feature. Everything is digital now, but for convenience, people still refer to it as the SAP channel. And there's really only one uh, audio channel available these days. Um, and that's why if you have your television set for description uh, and just leave it there and you turn on perhaps a football game on a Sunday, you're most likely going to hear Spanish translation and not description. And that's something that the FCC is looking into. The last thing I wanted to mention is simply that um, December 20th, 2016, was the deadline for uh, the compliance with the FCC's order for manufacturers of video devices to offer accessible user interfaces to visually impaired customers. And um, uh, the FCC.gov uh, slash consumers, there's a whole guide there on exactly what that means and uh, the regulations regarding uh, accessing uh, your, your audio description uh, via sound, basically, making it accessible to people who are blind or have low vision. Um, I, I'll close by simply saying that I know that members of ACB and the board are very interested in thinking about a 2.0 version of the 21st Century Communications and Video Accessibility Act, because honestly, seven hours per week on nine stations in 60 markets, well, that's just scratching the surface. Uh, that's not even 1% of all television programming in the United States, while, while the UK has 10 to 15% of all programming has description. So that's something we're going to look to uh, in the coming years, trying to uh, work with Congress uh, to develop a, a 2.0 version of CVAA, and perhaps, as was done with captioning some 40 years ago, implement an increase for every year that the percentage should go up by 5%, to 10%, whatever it is, so that we don't have to revisit it every year. That's what I have, Kim, and um, I think Fred is next to uh, uh, go over our website for you. Great. Thank you, Joel. All right, Fred. Well, hello, everybody. And uh, I'd like to talk to you a little bit about the ADP website, as Joel said. We will repeat the address, acb.org slash ADP. ACB, of course, is the American Council of the Blind, ADP Audio Description Project. And a website is really divided into three, not three sections, but three types of pages. The ones which talk about audio description in general. What is it? Some samples of it. How do you get trained to be an audio describer? How do you get education? Academic articles or conferences? People who provide services and what's going on internationally. That's kind of the general level. The second level is, uh, Joel already gave you one of the page addresses, the tv.html. It is the about AD. If you want to learn about AD in movies, for instance, what does it mean to have audio description at a movie theater? I mean, when you're able to go to a movie theater again. 
<laughs> how do you use the headsets? What should you expect there? What about DVDs? How, what's recorded on the DVDs? How do you get to it? How do you get to it on your TV? What if I have a Spectrum instead of AT&T? Things like that. Also, what about performing arts and museums? That's all the about area. And finally, the really the for many of you will be the meat of the uh, well, the one that gets up, updated the most frequently is the actual titles with audio description. Now, interestingly, right now today we track almost four thousand individual um, videos, whether it's a first-run movie or a cartoon from the 1930s that Disney has provided audio description for, uh, anything other than educational, specifically educational DVDs. Anything that was available commercially, almost 4,000 of them are available in what we call the Master AD list, the Master Audio Description list. And this combines the all of the videos offered by the six streaming services, that would be Apple TV, Disney Plus, Hulu, iTunes, Netflix, and Prime Video, plus whatever is available in the cinema, again, when the cinema comes back to us, and all of the DVDs that have been released, and there's about 1,100 of those since 1997 when we had our first one done and we begin our tracking. And then what's going on in TVD, uh, excuse me, TV, both by days and by network, two different listings. And so all of those are updated each week. Uh, most of them are updated on Tuesday because Tuesday happens to be the day that new DVDs are released. So when the movies come out of the, of the cinemas um, uh, and end their run there, they come out on DVD. And uh, about that time, they're also available to be released to iTunes and Prime Video. And so we happen to tell you if you're looking up DVDs, whether or not iTunes or Hulu or or Netflix or Prime Video is offering those particular items just because they are current and you're, you're thinking about them. So if you go into any one of these listings, the top of the page, for example, let's just take Disney as an example, the top of the page is going to tell you how many DVDs, 451, I'm sorry, how many uh, described videos. In the case of Disney, it happens to be 451 as of the date, which is March 28th, which was yesterday. And it tells you where you can find more information about this. It tells you about the supported devices, how to activate the description. Uh, and then there's an alphabetic listing. And at the top of the alphabetic listing, we give you the titles that were added in the most recent update. In the case of a couple of the services where we have this information, when we are able to get this information available, and Disney happens to be one of them, we have a coming soon section. What do you expect to find in the next 30 days? And I can see just by glancing at this page, the first week of April is going to be a busy week because we have, they happen to have a lot of releases coming out uh, Disney at that week. So that's my general introduction to finding out the streaming, what's on streaming services and uh, TV and DVD. And I will also mention there's one other page called Streaming Services, where I list as many streaming services as I can find, those with audio description for some of their contests and those that have none. Just so, for instance, somebody asked on the, 
on the discussion list this week. Does Curiosity Stream, which is a streaming service, have audio description? So you could go there and to the streaming page, look up Curiosity Stream, and find out. Sadly, it does not. But if you want audio description, please use the uh, URL link that's there. Go to it. Go to the contact and say, hey, I'd like to buy your service, use your service. But I, I can only do so if you have audio description. So we depend on you in many cases for the smaller services like Curiosity Stream to ask for audio description. Make them know there's an audience for this. And hopefully we'll be adding them to the top part of the page, which is the ones that are providing description. Back to you, Kim. Thanks, Fred. So um, one of our goals tonight is to make sure that you leave this call knowing in your memory banks what the website is, www.acb.org forward slash ADP. So that's going to be one of the takeaways for sure tonight because it is a tremendous resource and it really is the go-to place for information about audio description and it's really renowned even internationally as well. It is recognized by industry as well for, um, I've heard many, many people in industry say, when I want to know something, I go to acb.org forward slash ADP. So it is the go-to place. All right. Now we're going to hear a little bit about um, streaming services. Um, and there are many of them out there. So we're going to hear from Carl, who is quite um, an enthusiast of streaming services. And he will tell us a little bit about some of them, and then we'll go to your questions. So good evening, everybody. The interesting thing about streaming services, unlike the TV stations that Joe mentioned, is that these are not required by law to provide audio description, yet they are providing far more than those who are required by law by the CVAA to do so. And, and there's a number of different ways you can do it. You can rent, buy, or join a, a streaming service where you can watch as much on-demand content as you want. I'll go over some of them and the differences. So the first one we have, I'll start with the first one that started first, Netflix. Netflix is where you pay a monthly fee and you have access to uh, over a thousand streaming titles, movies that they get from the movie theaters, original content that they do. That's the first one they did with Daredevil because you can't have a show about a blind superhero and not have it be audio described. And, and that's probably the most popular streaming service. And they have almost 1,200 titles with audio description. Next is uh, Apple TV Plus. Again, that is also a monthly description. I think uh, $4.95. And they just started. So they're building up. They only have about, oh, a little more than, I think they have 17 titles. But the interesting thing about Apple TV Plus is they have audio description in nine languages, from English to uh, Spanish, from Spain, Spanish from Latin America, um, French, two different versions of French, one if you're Canadian French and the other if you're from France. Um, so they have nine different languages, and that's kind of cool. The next is iTunes. iTunes is a pay, to, you either rent the movie for like 48 hours and you can watch it, or you can buy the movie to own. And um, they have about 1,200 titles. 
and and you know and i have i have bought and owned my wife doesn't know this because i have a separate credit card but i have about 150 movies now with audio description in my library that i now own um the next is is disney plus and they are also a monthly subscription service and the cool thing about disney plus unlike all the others is they actually went back and audio described their back catalog. So even the first cartoon ever with Mickey Mouse called Steamboat Willie, which is only a few minutes long, is audio described. And the first full-length featured animated movie, Snow White from 1938, is audio described. So they, and they now have, as you heard Fred said, 451 titles. And that, that and they're gonna be doing more from my understanding. Uh, another one is Prime Video. Um, I believe you have to be a Prime member to access that if you want to uh, do the part that's free. And um, that's also... A, a, some of the titles are available for free if you're a Prime member. If you're not, you can also rent and buy them. And that's a little complicated. I think it's about 150 titles if you're a Prime member available. But if you're but if you want to rent or buy, they have almost 1,800 titles, and they have really stepped it up. They keep adding tons and tons of titles. The newest streaming service on the scene is CBS All Access, um, and they only have a handful of titles right now, but it's quite popular right now But because of the show Picard, which is a spinoff of Star Trek The Next Generation, which is audio described by Roy Samuelson, and you guys probably all know him. He's a narrator that does a lot of podcasts, and that's a well-done show. And the other thing about CBS All Access, right now they're offering it free for a month for those who want to take advantage of it because of the uh, coronavirus. In fact, I would go on all these websites of all the different services because I think they're all offering different types of trials trying to catch everybody while they're home. And this is... The other, the last service I want to talk about, which is different than all the others, is YouTube TV, which is a cord-cutting uh, replacement. And I think that's about $50 a month, which has all the cable channels, your local broadcast channels. But YouTube TV, to my knowledge at this point in time, is the only uh, streaming service that shows other channels that offers audio description live. So that's another one to look at. <clears throat> so like I said, the unique thing about these streaming services that I mentioned is they're not required to do it by law, but they're doing more than anybody else. I also wanted to quickly mention <clears throat> four channels that are doing it that are on cable that are not covered by the CBAA, but they're doing some audio description. And they are Telemundo, TNT, Sci-Fi, and oxygen they also are passed <coughs> excuse me about some through the audio description so what we want to do next is i know you just heard a lot of information from kim joe fred and i and it can be overwhelming but what we want to do next is open this up everybody's home everybody has a little bit of extra time on their hands i'd love to hear some of their audio described titles that are their favorite so if you have questions how to access this or if you have a wish list on what you would like to see next that the audio description project can work on. So we'll just open this up to be a free forum that everybody can discuss. And so if you want to be recognized, 
make sure you raise your hand and Rick Morin will um, announce you and then you can say your comment or question and we'll do the best to address that. Thank you very much. Carl, before we, um, before we take our first question, I just wanted to add one more piece of information about streaming services because ACB was instrumental in getting Hulu to come on board with audio I description, and, I apologize. And, and they are they are new um, and and don't have a lot of content. I think about seventy five titles right now, so they're they're ramping up. But it was because of the advocacy of ACB that Hulu has has come on board, and and we'll be seeing a lot more from them as as time moves ahead. So thank you, Kim, for um, that oversight. I I, I had them on my list. I just. Forgot to there's a Thank there's you. a lot to remember, so that's why we wanted to leave time for questions because um, there's just so much and getting started sometimes can you know where to go, which way to turn. So we hope that in the remainder of our time we can answer some of your questions. So Rick, do we have any hands raised well, for let, questions? Yeah, let me just uh, tell everybody how to go about doing that if I could, Great. please. Uh, everyone, this is Rick Moore, and we have about 64 people on the call today, which is, you know, that that's terrific. Uh, that's a, a great, great turnout. But it means there's, there are going to be a lot of people trying to get questions in. So I, I would kindly ask you not to try to unmute yourself. I will control the muting and unmuting. Now, to raise your hand, the way we'll know to recognize you is if your hand is raised. And if you're on a keyboard, you do that with Alt-Y, Alt-Y on the keyboard. If you're calling in on a phone, a lot of people are calling in on phones. It is star nine, star nine. And if you happen to be on an iPhone app, the lower right-hand corner of that iPhone app has a more button. And underneath the more button is a, uh, a hand raise uh, function. Okay. So having said that, I see that the first hand raised here is Tina. And Tina, you're up. Well, thank you. Uh, I really am pleased that uh, you're doing this kind of roundtable. Um, a lot of questions because I'm trying to seek advice and I'm also trying to work with people. Um, I want to bring up something that really is, is bothering me. Uh, and I also have a wish list uh, film for a film that I would like to see described. Miracle. It's the one about the uh, U.S. hockey team that triumphed over the former Soviet Union in the, at the 1980 Olympics. Um, a friend of mine likes this film, and she's been wanting to see it audio described forever. Okay, we'll put that down. That's what my wish. Uh, and my, my sort of troubling question tonight, I know that we were talking about all sorts of stuff that I've heard of before, so I'm going to do this. If uh, anybody has come across on, I've noticed a trend that's rather troubling. A lot of videos are either replacing all or part of their voice narrative with on-screen text. Does anyone have any suggestions for how to access that effectively? Uh, or is it possible that maybe it's time for a, you know, is it maybe time for a technological solution to try to address that? Because we're going to see this more and more, and ignoring it's just going to make the problem worse. So this is Carl. I guess I'm confused. Are you saying you don't like synthetic voices, or you're saying? Not that. Not that. Um, that's not the problem. 
it's how to access it efficiently, especially if you're on a site like YouTube or, you know, if you're on a site like YouTube and you're viewing a video where you have where the narrative is replaced by on screen text and uh, it moves so fast that even I'm not even sure if the software can keep up with it. So um, sometimes we're not necessarily going to have the answer right off the top of our heads, but if mm -hmm. we could have a last name from you and where you live, then we'll try to follow up with more details. Okay, so Tina, okay. I have your first name. It's Hanson, H-A-N-S-E-N. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, I want to And where do you live? I live in, in Salem, Oregon. Oh, my goodness. That's where I grew up. <laughs> oh, I'll be, I'll be darned. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Well, I want so, some advice here because, especially because a friend of mine is a student right now and they're taking classes. Likely now they're taking them online because of uh, the coronavirus. But this is going to happen to them a lot. Maybe the instructor will show a video in class and there is no narration or very yeah. little. And uh, if they have a reader in there trying to keep up, it'll move so fast. What do you do? And how do you do yep. that and still stay with it? I mean, I want to see some solutions to this problem because it's going to get more intense. Right. Okay, Tina, yeah. we'll follow up with you because you had, you had about three different things easy for us to follow on on different channel kind of things. So education, some description, um, you know, a video request that wishes you were, it was described. So we'll do some research and get back to you, okay? Tina, Miracle is described on Disney Plus and iTunes. There you go. See, there's one question answered right there. Disney Plus and iTunes. So... You've got some, some viewing ahead of you. That's terrific. Thanks, Fred. Okay, Mitchell, you're up. I, um, I have Spectrum Cable. So how would I find audio description? I have Spectrum Cable. Okay, Mitchell, um, what's your last name? A-R-C-H-E-R-D. Oh, okay. All right. And you said you have Spectrum. Yes. And I have a new cable box. Uh-huh. Blind. I'm sure you guys have heard of these. Um, I know that Spectrum is releasing a new cable box pretty, you know, just over the last couple months. Yes. Yeah, we have heard about that. Numbers and everything else. Uh-huh. Okay. So, and what, what town do you live in? I live in Bakersfield, California. Bakersfield, okay. All right. So, all right, we'll, um, there, there's, I think, Fred, there's a section on our website about Spectrum and accessing it. Is that correct? Well, on the TV page, the slash tv.html, all of the major providers are listed, and Spectrum is listed there. Now, we don't have a very recent update. I, I used to be a Spectrum uh, customer back when it was Time Warner, and I was very happy with the box, but they have, when they joined with, uh, with when Charter Communications uh, combined Bright House Charter and Time Warner, they eventually came out with a new box. And there is a notice on the website, which I put up in August, which says a user has reported that the Spectrum Guide box does not reliably access the SAP channel, and they prefer an older box. 
So, and I'm going to say more information on this topic is required, which is exactly what you're asking for. So we need the experience of people who have spectrum to write into me, the webmaster, through the link on the bottom of every page on the website, and then I will share it with everybody on that page. That's how I get updates because obviously I, actually I cut the cable from AT&T last fall uh, and wrote up my experience about it. But so I don't have any cable experience myself. So I can't answer your specific question. Um, you can look, you can check the links that we provide and you could ask on the uh, our discussion forum and hopefully somebody will write in some more recent information on how well Spectrum is doing. But we the do other thing, Mitchell, that you should try um, is to contact the Spectrum Accessibility Office. There's a toll-free number. Now, they should be able to help you get started because that's their job, and it's 844-762-1301. That's, let me say it again because it's 844 762 one three zero one and give them a call and you know they do everything from helping troubleshoot um, situations like yours to providing um, your information to get accessible billing statements in large print and braille so um, it's well worth a call to them to um, to see if they can be helpful for what you're going through right now okay right. so good luck good luck giving them a call thank you Okay, Kathy Blackburn. Kathy Blackburn, you're up. Hi, Kathy. Hello, everybody. Um, okay, I I can report that we've had the news, the Spectrum Guide Box for maybe a month, maybe not quite a month now, and it is better. It does have a quirk that it seems to want to go to some battery save. No, they don't call it battery. It's not a battery. Uh, a power save mode, they call it. And you're supposed to do something, who knows what, to get it not to do that. Um, I can't find any setting in the menu that has anything to do with that. But otherwise, it's fine. We move it on on the, on the description, and if the show has it, we get it. And if it doesn't, it's mm -hmm. And I'm much happier. I can I can look at the guide if I want to, or hit the info button when I first turn the TV off to find out what's on. And we're pleased. That's that's great, Kathy. I know I have um, Comcast, but um, Comcast boxes also had a power save setting, and you know I had to like hit a key on the remote to make sure it wouldn't go into power save setting. But there's a way to disable that in, um, in, in your settings, and I just called the accessibility line and told them what the problem was, and they talked me through the right settings to turn off the power save mode. So hopefully it's the same for you, and maybe you can fix that in a really quick phone call. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I looked through all settings and couldn't find it. I think, I, I think I've emailed them. They've got a long turnaround time on their responses. Yeah. Wanted... Right now, things are a little slower than they might normally be, but I would say either the accessibility line, but a power safe setting, you ought to even be able to get somebody in uh, in just general operations who might know how to fix that as well. But 
I'd try the accessibility people and see if they can help you. Right. And the other comment I have about uh, on CBS All Access, um, apparently they only offer the uh, audio description if you're using a computer and possibly only Windows because I've tried other platforms and I don't get anything. And when I've tried it on my computer, the description played for a few minutes and then it was main, you know, the main soundtrack. So this is Carl. Um, that's not true. Or it's not true anymore. It may have been true when you looked at it. Because I've tried it on my Apple TV, my iPhone, and my um, Amazon Fire TV. And I've been able to access the audio description for CBS All Access on all three of those devices. So, Kathy, I would suggest you take another look at it and see if you have any success. And if you don't, then let us know. All right, Kathy, I wrote that down for um, CBS All Access. And if you need follow-up, um, you probably know how to reach me, and I know how to reach Carl. So he's my expert on CBS, CBS All Access, so we can put you in touch, okay? Okay. Great. Okay, Terrence, you're next, Terrence. Hello. Um, I want to first thank you guys for doing this. I have a question and a suggestion. Um, one with the, the suggestion I'll go with first is uh, with the coronavirus and everybody being home and kind of looking for something to do. Is there any way that we can take advantage of that as far as people that are willing to volunteer to describe audio or audio describe movies? Um, that may have previously been on people's wish lists and things of that nature so that we can up the number of um, shows and movies that are audio described. I, I don't know about that one. Joel, I know there is a dis You Describe It project where people who can um, do, you know, impromptu, um, you know, description right, right. can do, usually that's short clips, not entire movies that they do. That's but can you talk a little bit about that and how to connect with that resource? Sure. Uh, you Describe is a, a good resource principally for YouTube, hence the, the uh, uh, prefix there, you, if you will, the letter U, youdescribe.org. Uh, it's put together by San Francisco's Smith Kettlewell Eye Research Institute. And it's a good way to get uh, YouTube clips, as I say, described uh, by volunteers. And you can pull down from the web the clip and the description and pair it together. Um, as far as volunteers describing entire movies, that's um, I just don't see that happening uh, easily or or on the horizon. Uh, really, I, I think um, I've um, uh, I've run uh, any number of description programs over the years, and uh, I have found that it would take one staff person who's trained in audio description um, at, at least an hour to describe three to five minutes of programming. And that's only the, uh, that's only the drafting the script and that it has to be reviewed. It has to be vetted perhaps by an audio description consumer. It has to be voiced, recorded, laid back, etc. cetera. Uh, so it's a time consuming process. One person, it could easily take a full week to describe a feature film, and again, that's just writing the script, um, not including the voicing, etc. So, um, it's it's um, 
it really is a professional uh, professional area of expertise, like fine interpretation or captioning, even. Uh, and I, I think, hopefully, I think we're we're going in that direction more and more, um, so that the film content owners are recognizing the responsibility to provide description, and they're recognizing it financially. We're talking yeah. about over 20, 26 million people who are either blind or have low vision. Add to that their families, their friends. That's a, a big audience that they're, they're losing. They're losing that audience if they don't provide description. That's that's a perfect segue into my uh, question, which is, um, are there any updates or um, contact being made with premium movie services like HBO, Showtime, Epics, those kind of things that don't, because when you hit the uh, secondary audio programming on those, it's always, always Spanish. There's never audio description. Kim, right. do, you up, do you have any update for that, Kim? Yeah. I can, Terrence, I can at least tell you that ACB, um, as we did with Hulu, ACB is working with HBO, um, we're just in the beginning phase of that, so it's going to be a little time yet, but we are making good progress, and there will be some news, you know, in the in the future for HBO, and they really have a lot to offer with descriptions, so we're making sure that we can get as much out of our settlement with that as we possibly can, because they've been in the business for a long time of, of generating content and we really want to get access to as much of that as we can. So we're working on it in that area. So stay tuned, okay? Okay, thank you. That's good to hear. Thanks. Mm -hmm. I, this is Fred. I have a comment for Jaren also. Um, uh, one, if we found, as, as Joel said, people make a living writing the description or reading the description for the movies. But the other piece of it, is getting it integrated into the existing video and then getting that to the provider. Um, and so even if somebody volunteered to do something, the provider might or might not be willing to take it. Now, the good news there is that companies like, well, a specific company, Paramount Studios, has gone back and done well over 100 old movies that haven't had description. And if you go and buy the DVD, it won't be there. But if you go to see it on Prime Video or iTunes, you'll find it's there because they're getting a new packaging. Uh, so that's, that's a really a piece of good news. But in that regard, there has been a question about these movies that were currently in the movie theaters or were planned to be in the movie theaters, which are now being released by the studios directly to the streaming service because I don't have a movie theater. Uh, audience to give it to, and some people are complaining that the audio description track isn't there. And that, I just want to state, is a matter of the timing. They It takes a while to take the track and integrate it into what they call the delivery package for the streaming services. So what's going to happen is you're going to see a movie like Onward come out um, on iTunes, and it won't have description, but maybe next week it will have description because they, it just takes a while. And remember, not everybody's working either to, to add these tracks in there. So be patient for the new films. And for the old ones, um, it's a problem even if somebody does it free because you got to get somebody who's going to package it. And that's a big deal. Okay. Thanks, Fred. Uh, phone ending in 1669. Ah, 
Thank you. Um, this is Dolly from Southern Indiana, and I want to thank all of you for all the work you do. But I have a question, and I don't know whether it's my local problem or is it everyone's problem. I do have good hearing, but sometimes when I'm watching some programs like all the Chicago Fire, Chicago Police, and, and um, some of the other shows like This Is Us, the music in the background is so loud, I cannot understand mm-hmm. the subscriber. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Joe, do you want to talk about that one? Well, I, I know, Carl, you um, you absolutely complain about that, too, having a hearing loss. Right. The, the, and I've noticed it, too, particularly on those Chicago fire um you know, all those sirens and the fire trucks and everything, boy, they can just drown out the description. Yes. So, so what? why is that, Joel? It's how they're well, Exactly. Um, you know, I'll, I'm going to harken back to something Fred said. Um, it's so critical for folks who use description not only to get to the networks and tell them we want this show described, we want that movie described, but to let them know about the description that you can access, and whether or not, not only is the mix appropriate, um, is the writing appropriate? Are they covering sound? Are they telling you things that don't need to be described, if you will, because you can hear what's happening? That sort of thing. Uh, Carl's absolutely right. It sounds like the description provider, or in the broadcasting stage, uh, the mix is off. And generally, that's gonna be the description provider has not modulated the sound, duck the original audio sound, so description can be heard. Then the description audio is ducked, and the original audio is brought back. It's a, it's a delicate process. Some providers are using automated software to do that, and it just doesn't match what a professional audio editor can do. I think that's what's happening. Well, well Fred, I have a question for you on our website. When, for example, if somebody looked in on Chicago Med or Fire or PD, do do we tell who describes that show? Do we know that, and and do we have a way for people to reach them? I don't think we do. Um, the answer on a per show basis is no. We don't know okay. that. Right. We, Not per show. It, we internally know something, specifically Timothy, who knows everything about these yeah. things. You know what I mean. He knows <laughs> what, what, um, provider what provider is used by right. networks. For instance, he might say, he might tell you. I, I took that information off of, the, off of the TV by network page when I reformatted it. But he might be able to tell you for, oh, I'm sorry, it is, I, do have, I do have it when it's available. If you look on the, on the TV by network page and you go down to NBC, which is where the Chicago ones are, it says description by caption. By caption map. So I knew that because you hear it. You hear it when, when you're listening to the description and they say description yes, by caption right. max. So, well, that's, so a rarity. We, that's, that's a rarity. Yep. Uh, <laughs> yeah. and so yeah, when I, I do I, it, and I, we I, know I, that CBS tends to use WGBH media access, but for instance, mm-hmm. we don't know who Discovery Channel uses and Fox uses it. Right, variety of so we don't know by show, but we do know uh, right. by, by network so, in and general. 
yeah, and that, if, if I can just butt in, this is Joel. Um, that's why I think it's critical. If you're having a problem on NBC, um, you don't need to know who described each program. You need to contact NBC. They need to know that you're having a problem with their programming, and you can be sure they're going to contact the creator of the description and get it worked out. So, Joel, this is Carl. Is it the creator of the description or is it the post facility? I think it's the post facility who doesn't pay as much attention when they mix the audio with the soundtrack. Yeah, typically a description producer um, is involved in all that stage, all those stages, essentially. A description producer writes it. They get it voiced that they're in the studio. They've hired an audio editor. So they're involved in the post-production as well as the writing and voicing. So it comes back to the description producer. But again, I think going through the networks or the film studio is the best way to get that addressed. So, so as what can as we as do as run. the audio description project to make it easier for Dolly and other folks when there is a problem like that and they hear this and they say, you know, I really want to let the network know, but I don't have the foggiest idea who the network is. How are we going right. to let our consumers know so they can advocate? What, no, what would absolutely. we want to do or how would we, what information do we want to share after this um, program on the ACB, you know, and the ADP list serve, which we should yeah. talk about before the end of this program to make sure people know about the ADP list. Um, how can we help them to find the information they want so they can tell somebody? Well, two things there. Uh, and Fred perhaps can pull up the page. Uh, I don't have my <coughs> computer right now, but um, two things. On our website, on the Audio Description Project website, we have the contact information for the networks. And if I'm not mistaken, Great. for some, the studios as well. But the other thing is simply to send me a note, send Fred a note, sbrack, B-R-A-C-K, at acb.org, or J Snyder, J-S-N-Y-D-E-R, at acb.org. Um, we'll take that information um, and, and track it down for you. Um, and the more we hear about that with particular networks, uh, the more I think those networks will start paying attention. I think you're absolutely right. So, so Dolly, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll work with you to get the word back to the network on those shows because I've heard the same thing, and I completely agree with you on those three shows. What network are those three shows on? And NBC. Okay. Yeah. Well, we have contact yep, there would... because that's Comcast, Kim. Yep, that's right. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I have AT&T U-verse, and I did call uh, NBC, and I got a hold of an engineer, and he says, oh, I could hear it perfectly well. Yeah. <laughs> so I didn't, you know, I didn't know where to go from yeah. there. Well, no, you're absolutely right. It's, uh, you know, it has to go to the right person, or they're just going to think, oh, there's nothing wrong. <laughs> but, but there is. Because uh, I have experienced it myself. I know what you're talking about. Even when All the right. evening news comes on, um, even when the evening news comes on, they have the music so loud, and the guy is trying to tell you what they're going to talk about. Um, you know, you can't understand him either. Thank you, Dolly. For All right. Well, thanks, Dolly, for the call. And we'll try to help out with that. 
It's Deborah Kendrick. Oh, excuse me, but Deborah Kendrick. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's all right. I'm sorry. That's I'm sorry. Okay. I'm sorry. I, I, I'm blind too. Just want to let you know. Yeah. So. I, I, all kinds of all kinds of names lying around on his board. I'm sure. Blind in the middle of the road. Totally okay. Uh, so you know, I, I raised my hand because I had questions. But before I ask my questions, I actually have a few answers. Um, and I, I just want to say, by way of identification. I think I might be identified as a born again audio description aficionado because I was in the early group in the in the 80s. I was invited to be a part of that advisory board that that WGBH assembled, and I published several articles promoting description. And I had so many disenchanting experiences where I traveled great distances to get to movie theaters, and something went wrong or I bought new equipment and I couldn't get it on my TV. So I went away for almost 20 years. And I want to say thank you to Kim and Joel and Carl and everybody who carried the torch and kept it going. Because four years ago, because you guys did the work with uh, Netflix, I thought, well, because I write about technology, I ought to check this out. And I subsequently wrote an article called Binge Watching When You're Blind or something like that because – um, it just, it's just, I've had a four year wonderful um, experience just falling in love with audio description all over again. So, my answers to questions that were asked we here in, I'm in Florida, and um, the council here in Florida was pretty involved with Spectrum in sort of putting their feet to the fire and getting it right. And um, they, Spectrum has really stepped up. They, increased their accessibility department from one to 25 people in a couple of years. And there is a box, whoever that was who asked, the box is called the World Box 110. And there's a there's a 110 and a 210, and I forget. I think the 210 is when you pay for DVR as well. Um, but it's, it's wonderful. It's wonderful. Um, and there are a lot of people here in Florida who are using it and, and really enjoying it. So I encourage you to call the number Kim gave earlier or call your local provider and ask for that particular box. Because so often this sort of thing, there's only a couple of people in, in 500 who know what you're talking about. So you want to ask for the right box. The other thing is... I have a hearing impairment too, and I struggle with the improperly mixed um, sound tracks. But one thing that I have begun doing when I'm watching things on my phone, on Netflix or Prime Video or Apple TV Plus or Spectrum Access, um, and by the way, to back up, that's one of the things that Spectrum did after we met with them here in Florida a couple years ago. The app is really cool, but the, the app was not passing through any description. And they fixed it. They fixed it. So now I can watch TV with description on my phone. Um, but all of those things, you can turn on closed captioning. If, you, if you're a Braille user, you, you can turn on closed captioning and then mute the speech of your voiceover. And you can hear the program, the audio description, and read in Braille the closed captions for when you can't hear what they're saying. So just just a tip. That's something I do. So That's on now, the Apple TV, right, Deborah? It works on Apple TV, Netflix, Prime Video, and the Spectrum 
Then more recently, the, the marvelous Mrs. Maisel is so popular on Prime Video and I love it. And I've heard many of those actors interviewed and there's so much talk about the, the main character's clothing and her hats, but they're never described. And then what really brought it home about a month ago, I, I found this program called Love is Blind and I don't even remember which streaming service it's on. Netflix. But I was, so, I was so disgusted because I only watched one show and I won't watch anymore. But the concept for those who haven't seen it is, it's really, it's pretty stupid, but you know, whatever, we all need a little light entertainment. It's, the idea is they bring these people together and they're on opposite sides of a curtain or a wall or whatever, and they talk to each other and they get to know, you know, it's like speed dating and you get to know people without seeing them. Okay, so, but what's that all, what the show is all about, if you can see, is seeing them and the irony of, you know, the cute little cheerleader falling in love with the ugly nerd. But we don't get any of that because the describer never tells us what anybody looks like. Even when somebody is saying, you sound African-American, are you African-American? Does the describer tell us? No. And so, I mean, that's just like a huge gap in my view in description because and, and then Melanie Brunson mentioned recently in another group that I'm in with her that she finally, now that she's retired, she's watching Downton Abbey and she said it's such a disappointment because what people talk about are the magnificent costumes, but the describer doesn't tell you anything about the costumes. So I'm throwing that out because Joel's here and Joel will have an answer. <laughs> well, you you don't even know that the answer that Carl and Joel are going to give you in two seconds because everything you just said is music to their ears because yeah. the FCC is studying <laughs> this right now. So Joel and Carl, take it away and tell I'm Debbie let, about it. I'm going to let Joel handle this one. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Deborah, for that question. It, it's an important <laughs> one. And, you know, when I train describers all around the world, uh, the first thing that we focus on is observation. You need to see everything. You need to learn how to see. Sighted people don't. They see, but they don't observe. Describers have to observe. But the second fundamental is to decide what is most critical to an understanding, he points to his head, and an appreciation, his hand is on his heart, of the image. So describers are choosing a lot of description is about what not to describe, what to let go. And I agree with you totally. The two programs that you mentioned, uh, costume is so central to what the show is about. And a describer has to clue in to <clears throat> what is the director focusing on here? What are, they, what are they telling us is most important? And in shows like that, I'd have to agree with you, uh, get it, finding a way to succinctly because, of course, you're using only those pauses in the space, the, the spaces between lines or critical sound elements. How to do that succinctly, vividly, with as few words as possible, but most importantly, tying in, supporting the art form that what the director, what the, the cinematographer is telling us is most important. And with those two shows, you're absolutely right. Uh, most describers will focus first and foremost on action. And you can't fault them there, but if the show really conveys so much of what it is through the costuming, you've got to find time to do that. 
So, Joe, um, first of all, also, um, I'm sorry, I forget the name of the individual. Kendrick? Deborah. 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 Yeah. Oh, yes. Hi, Deborah. I know you. Hi. Um, <laughs> uh, and I enjoy reading all your stuff in AB, uh, AFB Access World. Um, Thank you. What was the name of the show that you said that wasn't audio oh, that was audio described and you couldn't find the uh, audio description? Oh, and uh, I, I said uh, a year or two ago I watched Mad Men because back when it was no, new. No, no, before that, in the very beginning, when you Ken, were, the uh, Ken Burns show. Oh, the Ken Burns. Oh, the Ken Burns country, country music. music. Country music. Yes. yes. Do you okay. know where I can find it? So here's the sad thing about PBS, which mostly invented audio description to begin yeah. with for television. Yeah. Not, they didn't right. invent it, but for tele they worked on right. it. Um, yes. That would have been done out of uh, Washington, D.C., W-E-T-A. I can yes. call them up and ask them, but the sad thing is PBS, who was not part of the CVAA, because at the time they were doing the most, has really dropped and, and not done as, as much. And they're not releasing the stuff that they do, but we can look into that and... and, and Get back to you, um, but I because can't. it was described because I, I got to see when one it aired. Episode. Yes, yeah, yeah, I, yeah but 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 it, they're not releasing it online or on video. So let me, uh, let me reach out to somebody and see what we can do. Thank you, thank you, so Carl. Much. Can you just briefly talk about the FCC's um, um, quality task force? Yes. So so Joel and I and and Tony Stevens from ACB and. Uh, Everett Bacon from NFB, along with several people from industry, uh, NBC, Universal, um, uh, Disney Plus, uh, NCI, Vitech, are serving on this working group for the FCC called the Audio Description Quality Working Group, where we're trying to set a set of minimum standards. And again, this is only going to be a recommendation because we're not allowed to, um, under the current administration, give um, rulemaking. But we're going to recommend or come up with a set of standards that we think that everybody who does audio description for broadcast should drive for us. Joel, do you have anything to add to that? Best practices, maybe? Best, Best practices, practices sure. for audio description? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So it took... You know, captioning has been around for 40, 50 years now, and it was only recently that the FCC decided they really need to, to require a certain level of, of quality in captioning. Um, heretofore, some networks would just put some words on the screen, and a lot of <laughs> deaf parents, parents of deaf children, were really upset that there were so many misspellings and such. Well, thank goodness uh, we, we don't have to wait 40 years. The FCC is taking it seriously with respect to, to description quality. That's what this working group is about. And hopefully we'll come up with uh, some ideas, some best practices that are out there already uh, that and, the FCC will espouse and, and really encourage the networks to follow. And, and so two of the things I hear that Joel and I should consider when we come up with those best practices is one, what did the describer describe in terms of costume and that sort of thing? And the other thing is earlier, <coughs> the woman talking about the audio mix and how the mixes are done in post-production. Yes. And that could be right. something we could also yeah. add into the best practices. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. It fits I right into that. Deborah. Good. 
news on country talk. music. You want country music, a film by Ken Verbs, is that correct? You want the audio description? And I, yes. happen, to, I happen to know the person in Washington, D.C. in charge of the audio description. But you don't, need, you don't need to know the person. I, I, bet, the on, I bet Fred found it's it. It's a sale on PBS. You found? And it's, yeah, it's on so PBS. It says, under specifications, it says DVI, Descriptive Video for the Visually Impaired in English, 960 minutes on eight discs. Special sale for you, $74.99. Ouch! <laughs> <laughs> I don't need <laughs> Shop.pbs.org. So is that the only way to get it, is to buy it? No, those... you can probably rent it on, on Netflix, on the DVD, if, if anybody's a DVD customer. I mean, a rental. Um, they still, you can get, buy it on still eBay that, for $40. It or not. Thir- you can no. buy it on eBay for $40.32. Oh, yeah? Well, that's half the price, but it's still a lot. Well, except here's the problem. I don't even, I have a DVD player and I don't know how to use it. I don't have an accessible DVD player. I need it via streaming. I need it on my TV or on my phone or on my uh-huh. computer. <laughs> um, but you know what? Uh, how do I get that link from you? Uh, you just type shop.pbs.org and then search for okay. it. Okay. Shop.pbs.org. Okay. All right. but still, I didn't yeah. even know that was. <laughs> I, will, but, I, I will still reach out because I guarantee you that show's please. also on iTunes and, and you know, be somewhere. Find video, but it's not there with audio description. So we'll see if, if we can get PBS to put that in their package. Yeah, to, because I, I, I found it a week later. Uh, it was um, on PBS video. It was on PBS video, the app, but, there was, but the description was gone. The description okay. had been dropped. So that's uh, it's also on Amazon. It's on Amazon for fifty three dollars and forty one cents. But again, you, you buy the discs, and I don't have a way to play the discs. Yep. Okay. All right. Okay. So Carl's going to work on that, Deb. <laughs> Thank you. You, you and, guys are and great. And we'll be in Thank touch. You. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Thanks. Okay, Brian Fisher, you're next. Hey guys, uh, big fan of uh, the project uh, and all the work you guys do. Uh, hey Joel, um, anyhow, uh, following up uh, what you guys were just talking about, you could put uh, I think it's Caption Max and AudioWise that does the Modern Family audio description. I have uh, just two quick things. I- I'm telling you, half the time I have to check to make sure the audio description is turned on. It's like they fell asleep at the wheel. Sometimes I'll talk in Spanish on that show, and they're not even describing what they're saying. You know, I know not all times there are subtitles, but they do it a lot on that show, and there's no audio description. And so who's ever doing the audio description for Modern Family, they, they could skyrocket to the top of the list for the quality control. And second, going back to what Paramount's done, I was just kind of curious, because I've, I've bought a lot, uh, for those of you guys out there, Apple has weekly sales, and you can normally find one to three titles uh, in iTunes that have audio description for about four ninety nine. if you're looking to build your audio description library. I've got a lot of the Paramount titles that have been on sale. Are th- is anything being done to reach out to the other movie, pardon me, movie studios to follow what Paramount has done, possibly describing a bunch of their older classic titles? Yeah, that's Hello. something. No. This is Joel. <laughs> that is something. That is something that we have pursued with studios. You know, it's a, it kind of splitting our time between trying to make as many uh, current releases 
Uh, make sure they have description. But you're absolutely right. Paramount and Disney have made some strides in describing their, their catalogs. Um, and, and we need to do more with that, um, maybe even finding a way to fund uh, the description of those classic movies, some of which have been described. But there are a lot of public domain films, too, that um, films that are in the public domain that, that should be described. And, and finding a way to get that funded is something we're looking at. Okay, great, man. Keep up the great work, guys. Well, thank you. And I just want to say, Brian, um, I recognize your voice from Blind Abilities, and you've done some great coverage of audio description as well. So we appreciate that, and, and you've given some good credit to the Audio Description Project, and we thank you for that. You're welcome. Thank Thanks, you, Brian. Yes. I listen to your podcast faithfully. Okay, six, six, seven, six, eight. You're next. Six, seven, six, eight. Hi, this is Sandy Finley. Can you hear me? Yeah. Sure can. Okay, thank you. I have a question about uh, the audio, the equipment for audio description. My local Regal Theater has what I regard as old earphones that I put on and plug in, and I can hear the audio description, I can hear the film, but the film is outside the earphones, and it's sometimes difficult to hear. I recently ran across a new type that in one ear has the film and the other ear has the description, and both right. sides have volume. Those are wonderful. Um, is it possible to purchase that and then say take it into my local theater with me and say I want to use this, or would they have to have programmed things into it in advance and would it so not what, work? What was the second theater? Where you got Because I know a little bit about this. What was the second theater? that you found that wonderful equipment, do you know? The chain? Really good question. I was in Austin, Texas with some relatives, and we went. We just happened to go to a film, and I said, please, let's do one that's audio described. Okay. And we did. And But, but I don't remember the name Regal. of the theater. But it wasn't a Regal. That's correct. Okay, yes, so Regal, right. uses, Regal uses old equipment that Sony came out with about, oh, seven, eight years ago now. Um, mm-hmm. And it is proprietary because they program the devices and do it over Wi-Fi. Uh, so I'm not okay. sure if you got another device that, that wasn't part of the Sony platform that it would work. So, Correct. That's what I was wondering. Right. But, no, but, they're, I unique mean, to the, they're unique to the, to the uh, controller. So if the theater has one type of earphones, it's not going to be the same. The only exception to that is, if the device has a way to plug in an earphone, you could bring your own earphone. But if it's, no, but if it's gotcha. self-contained earphones, you cannot buy those uh, those uh, QSC earphones no, which are infrared and use them with the Sony devices. She's not talking about That's the earphone bad. device. It's, well, the, yeah. First of all, okay. any of them that have a 3.5 millimeter jack, you can plug in your own earphone, but you're still going to have the issue of only hearing the audio description only on any of the Regal devices because that's how their devices are programmed. Their devices are programmed to only do. But you can always ask because there's one theater I go to here locally called The Landmark, and Rick actually taught me this. They used to just do audio description only, and I asked them the program, and what they do is they program the left side to do audio description and the right side to do hard of hearing. 
almost like if it's an amplification device and they were able to split it. But the Regal, I've asked Regal, they're not able to do that. But that's something to ask all the movie theater chains as you try them out. And, okay, thank you very much. Yeah, good. yeah, I was just going to add, ultimately, uh, I would say within the next 10 years, you won't need to worry about it as much. If you have a smartphone, you'll be able to download an app that can listen to the sound in the movie theater or even at your home. Uh, you download to that app the audio description track, and then you can listen through your own smartphone, through your own earbuds, the audio description uh, conceivably with the, um, um, I think typically the way it's organized now probably would be without the original audio track. But uh, you but, want the combined. Uh, that, oh, there you go. So, yeah, exactly. So, but ultimately I think that's where all of this is heading, a new way of delivering sure. audio description in movie theaters and even at home. And I will tell well, thank you, you, I will tell you, I as a hard of hearing person, if I'm wearing earpieces in both ears, I don't always hear the main audio track, though I too like it combined, and that's the thing that I I look for when I go to movie theaters that can provide... The thing about it is you, you have control over the sound because when movies get louder, they get softer. Right. Um, right. You, you, you can control it during the movie, and that's really a wonderful feature. Uh, agreed. Thank yeah, you. If, I can if I can jump in here, guys, there is the technology does exist today that Joel was describing, and I forget the name of the app, but there is an app that we're certain yeah, cert active view, active view. Yeah, well, we're, we're certain yeah. certain Disney movies, uh, and 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 admittedly the catalog's not very big, but but one of the cool things they do is they uh, offer they give you the ability to listen to just audio description or audio description mixed with the soundtrack. Right. Okay? And, right. And that that app that app active view has been purchased just this year by Charter Spectrum, and um, they are now offering uh, the service. They call it uh, Spectrum Access. Um, it, it has a limited number of films available, uh, although I think they already have surpassed the number that ActiveView had. Uh, and I'm optimistic about Charter's uh, work with that app because they have far more connections to the studios. Getting access to the audio description tracks has always been a problem. Um, I'm, I'm hopeful. There's also a new app that I uh, was told by, by from somebody who works in the industry called SoundFi. And right now it seems to only be Sony titles, so I, I, I have to believe that Sony produced the app. And what it does is it puts the audio description in one ear and the main track in the other ear. And again, it's an app you can download, and it's called SoundFi. And, and Disney had trialed uh, audio description on a smartphone a while back. They pulled it back. But one of the cool things that app did was it was smart enough to know that when the the soundtrack got loud, it made the audio description loud so that you could hear over it. Okay, so you know the the, the technology exists; it's just a matter of getting it into the mainstream. It's my hope, and and some of this equipment is old now, and it's my hope as they replace the equipment, they will have learned and and will upgrade it with equipment that can do more okay ibrahim you're next all right hey guys um just wanted to say it was a very good uh call and um i just had a question about um the active view app um i'm wondering if you can um 
also have like amplified audio on it or is it just yeah. audio description? Yes. Okay. Yes, you can. In fact, it's okay. more than amplified audio. It's enhanced okay. audio. So it's not a matter of just cranking up the sound. It's equalizing it. So it's, it's far more easier to understand. Okay. And then my second question was, um, is there any place where I could go to like get a, a website, like where I could get a demo or a podcast of how that works? Because I tried to use it in the movie theater like last year and, uh, some reason it wasn't working, or maybe I just didn't know which button to press or something like that. So, Joe, that might be worth reaching out to our contact and seeing if they're yes. willing to do a demo podcast or putting it on their website or something like that. I will yeah. mention that too. And, I will uh, mention that too. That would be great. And, and maybe, Rick, you could take that back to our main menu team. Maybe they can do a demo as well. Because I know Brian Fisher's on this call, so he might grab it for blind abilities. So we better grab, we've got to move quick. <laughs> so, and, and, um, and uh, my last question is about DVD players. Um, just wondering, like, what's going on with that kind of device? And um, are there any accessible, like, Blu ray or DVD players out there that um, so, you guys know about or anything like that? So, this is Carl. Um, because of the CVAA, I haven't tried any new ones lately, but all the DVD players are supposed to be accessible with, with the talking menu. Um, so Philips, I know, does it, Sony, um, most of the mainstream DVD players, Samsung, have those abilities built in it. However, this is the issue. The, the menu on the DVD are different on every DVD, and the DVD player may not be able to read the menu once the DVD is played. But... Uh, so that's that, that's the issue. Yeah. If I'm playing it on like a computer, like a Windows computer. I have you not get, done that, so I don't know the answer to that. You you definitely get a little more accessibility when you play a DVD on a Windows computer because it's going to read more of the menu. Um, so I would say give that a try. Um, okay. Yeah. All right. Thank you, guys. Have a good night. Uh-huh. Thanks. So um, so there is a list, um, an email list called um, the ADP-list that um, if you go to acb.org, there's um, a choice on there. And Fred may have a direct way to sign up for it on the ADP website. I'm not 100% yes. sure. Oh, yes, then indeed. Fred, I'd like to let you tell how to get to it from the ADP website. Well, one of the uh, navigation options, the second one, is about slash contact. And down at the uh, bottom of, the, of that page, the second part of that page, under contact us, at the bottom is the ADP discussion list. <clears throat> and you can click something there to subscribe to the discussion uh, list, and it gives you an alternative way. You just <clears throat> send a blank email to ADP hyphen, not underscore, ADP hyphen, yep list hyphen subscribe at acblistsplural.org. That's adp-list-subscribe at acblists.org and just have a subject line of subscribe and that will get you subscribed. Or go to our contact page, as I say, go down to the bottom and you'll see the information about it and you can look at past postings, etc. And let me just say this 
you could go a week without anybody posting and then somebody will post something of interest and you'll get 10 responses to it. So it's a, it's an up and down thing. It's not something that's going to flood you with stuff in general. So one thing I want to... We also... Uh, go ahead, Carl. Okay, one thing I want to ask everybody on this list, I mean, everybody who has access to that email list, if they could email us with potential topics for future meetings, because like Kim said, this is probably something that ADP is going to be doing more often, having um, more shows on ACB radio and through Zoom. So if there are any particular topics you want us to cover um, between Joel, Fred, and I, and Kim, and the other members of the steering committee, we have a lot of contact that we could even perhaps have some of the creators of audio description or one of the app designers, or we could talk about audio description in the theater. So what, whatever you guys want to talk about, please let us know and we'll try to make that happen. Folks might want to uh, uh, look us up on Facebook. Uh, simply put in audio description project and it, it'll take you to us. We also have a Twitter account, a Twitter feed that you can subscribe to. Um, I'll also mention that there's another group on Facebook. Uh, if you simply put in audio description discussion, it's another fairly active listserv that uh, features um, comment on all things audio description. I think ours does too. Ours has been around uh, somewhat longer. Uh, so there are a number of options for you. All right. Well, again, um, if you want to email um, Joel, it's um, Snyder S-N-Y-D-E-R, at acb.org. He's the you know contractor for the audio description project, so he's the, the easiest one to contact or use that contact us link on the website, um, acb.org forward slash ADP for audio description project. And um, it's my hope that we'll be back maybe at the end of next month with um, another offering to talk more about audio description. I think tonight was a great success, and people have a lot of questions. We were able to answer quite a few of them. We have a little bit of homework to do and try to follow up with a few of you, but we'll, um, we'll do our best, and we hope to talk to you again next month with a new topic in the area of audio description. So thanks for joining us this evening, and thanks to Fred, Joel, and Carl for being part of tonight's program. And thank you to Rick for uh, orchestrating all of this for us. Uh, everyone, you've been listening to this on ACB Radio Live Event in addition to Zoom. So we're going to sign off ACB Radio Live Event. Thank you for listening, everybody. ACB Radio is a project of the American Council of the Blind. We're very happy to be here and very proud to be here with you. So thank you very much for listening.